Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Paul Burkett on the line. Paul, how are you? Michael, I'm great. Thanks. How about you? I am awesome. Thank you for being on the show. We're going to have a great conversation today because uh, in the brief pre-show, we talked about uh, the crisis that is going to come and is already starting to show up a little bit with this pandemic, and it's the housing crisis and the mortgage crisis. So before we dive into that too much, uh, I want to share a little bit of your backstory and, and the work that you do. Yeah, so Automation Finance is a uh, crowdfund uh, operation. We buy uh, mortgages where the borrowers have fallen behind on their payments. So we go to a bank and we say, give me the bottom of the of your book where the guys are not paying. We buy those loans at a big discount, usually around 40% discount. And we then engage with the borrowers and we do what the banks cannot do. In other words, we stru- restructure the mortgages permanently. And the reason we can do it and the banks cannot is that if you go to your bank and and restructure your mortgage uh, to maybe extend the term or reduce the interest rate or whatever, you're going to tell all your buddies. And then that bank has a contagion through its whole book of loans where everyone stops paying and the bank goes bankrupt. So what the banks would rather do is sell those loans uh, to someone like us. No one's ever heard of us, really. We're just a bunch of ordinary guys. Um, And so the fact that all of our loans are non-performing, or at least are a little bit late when we buy them, we then take those loans, get them re-performing, and use the uh, monthly payments that the borrowers make to pay our investors, which is how the crowdfund investors get paid. Simple as that. It's a great format, and it gives people an option where... Um, the banks, again, are handcuffed in many ways of what they do, and they want to avoid you know, what transpired back in the Great Recession of 07, 08, 09, where exactly. we saw some absolutely tragic situations and you know a lot of people, businesses and everything um, were really struggling. And now fast forward to 2020, we're in this pandemic, which has you know financial ties to it. So many businesses are unable to operate or they're really restricted. So their revenues are down. So that means everybody that works for them, not only the business owners, but their employees have had significant reduction in income, which can put them in really deep trouble uh, with uh, their mortgages because stimulus payments and government assistance only go so far and it's been a really challenge. So, you know, what do you see potentially happening over the next few months and years when it comes to mortgages and housing industry and everything else? Well, so we've seen, um, What's happened just in the last few months, I think the last um, uh, CoreLogic uh, report on house price inflation said that houses across the U.S. year to date are up 6.4%. Now, that who would have ever thought that in the midst of a pandemic with 30 million people or more filing unemployment, that house prices would go up 6%. Most people remember, as you mentioned, uh, 2008, 9, 10, when property prices fell by 15 or 16%, 20 or 30% in some areas, um, that it just, there's something not adding up. 
And what's happened has been the government has stepped in, and thankfully they did, to provide um, forbearance plans for people who've got mortgages. And under those plans, they can miss up to six payments. And now with the renewal, they can miss up to 12 payments. The issue will be that 12 months from March, when they stopped paying, which will be next March, next February or March, um, the assumption is that they have saved 12 times their monthly payment. And we, we know that they have not done that because they've spent that money on gas or whatever they've spent it on, but they certainly have not kept it um, in their bank. And so they'll need to make 12 payments or in some cases that will be able to be tagged onto the back of the loan. But for many borrowers, millions, two to three million, we expect, those loans are going to go into um, uh, delinquency where the forbearance plan cannot save them. And so those loans will flow to someone like us. And we're out raising funds right now to get ahead of that because the mortgage business happens a month at a time. It's not like, you know, stuff that's uh, being bought and sold all the time. It's Each month is, is one payment. And so we're out now buying loans. We're spending about a million dollars a month buying loans right now. And that's building up month after month. In fact, I've just finished a, a bid for $3.4 million worth of loans. So we could get up to 10 to $12 million a month of capital deployed um, buying these mortgages. And the reason I think it's interesting is if I said to an investor, hey, I can buy homes for 60 cents on the dollar, everyone would be very interested. Well, we're buying mortgages for 60 cents on the dollar. Now, mortgages have some big advantages because anyone who's, any of your listeners <clears throat> who owns rental property, I used to own rental property myself, there's a lot of work when the toilet doesn't flush and when there's a problem in the yard and when there's a, a code violation, all of those things come to the landlord. When you're the mortgage owner, those things go to the homeowner. So we don't repair toilets, we don't fix roofs, we don't do any of that stuff. That's all done by the homeowner. So the job we have is to make sure that the homeowner wants to keep their home. And you do that very simply. You make sure that their mortgage payment is 75% of what the rent would be on that home. Because the homeowner needs to leave that home and rent somewhere else or stay there and maintain the house. And it's as simple as that. I'm making it sound maybe a bit more simple than it really is because there's quite a lot of work and legal work and so on. But at the end of the day, you're trying to get the borrower to keep their home and in a, in, for a payment that they can truly afford. And if they keep the home or they rent it out, we don't really mind so long as they pay us and we pay our investors. It's a great system too, because again, I, I love the you know not having to fix the toilet analogy. Because a client of mine is in you know the housing industry, supportive housing yeah. and affordable housing, and you know so much of their finances go to fixing toilets and dealing with ordinance issues or fences or you know all of those things. And in 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 this particular situation, from an investment standpoint. It's it's similar to just well it's not I want to use the comparison necessarily but in a way it's you know like investing in a stock well okay so you right. own shares of a stock that doesn't mean you have to go into that company and do some work and check on them well, I mean yeah. there's enough checks and balances that could give you reports on all of that kind of stuff in this situation it's you know, real estate has always been in my opinion a more lucrative type of investment than the stock market per se, if you if you do it right and all the pieces fit into play. But um, the, this version of investing in it um, seems to be even more 
I don't want to say hands off, but a lot less concerns than, you know, having to you know, be the landlord for a rental property or a, an apartment building, and you're con- you're just spending all your time and effort in in fixing all of those things. Well, I used to be a landlord, so we had about seventy doors. I owned them myself, and I would never want to do that again. It's just too much work. I thought it was passive, and I was doing it on top of my day job, which was a pretty demanding job in a uh, big global company, and so it was just uh, it was a, an awful strain. Uh, we I, we were running 75, I think we got to 75 doors in total. Now I run 2,500 doors and I have six people, just to give you an idea of the of the difference in, difference in scale. And it is totally passive. We pay an 8% preferred return. We pay it um, monthly so people get checks every month. Some people choose to leave the money in and get interest on the interest. But they get uh, just mailbox money every month. And most landlords are making just around 8% when they really go through all of their costs and all of the stuff that they really allocate to that. So 8, 8% for, 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 no, for no work on behalf of the investor, it's a pretty good return. It's an amazing return compared to what interest rates are right now. And exactly. even, even if you are have the most savvy stockbroker or you're doing you know stock investments and working in options and all that good stuff, right. an eight percent return is is amazing, you know, if you're able to do that. But there that's all again, that's a lot of time and effort and constantly monitoring things where this you know, and we all know what we're getting in our savings account in our bank right now. We're getting about minus two percent. So uh, right. there's it's an amazing opportunity for for people to get involved in in this. And I mean that's that's an amazing that's an amazing rate of return. And again, it's about as hands off as you could be, from my observation. Uh, because again, there's you got twenty five hundred doors and six people. Um, yeah, if you had twenty, if you had twenty five hundred doors on the other thing, you would have a few hundred people, you know, to have right. to manage all of that. And and you know, the, and again, the you said you know the eight percent is similar to what landlords end up after all said is and done, but that's not factoring in the time and effort that they have to put in. Not only sure. to run a business, if you're hiring staff, dealing with all the W-2s and, and nuances and scheduling and benefits, and it's like, oh, it's, it's giving me a headache just thinking about that. It's, it's, right. that's, that's the side of running a business that a lot of people go, oh, I don't like that. So it's amazing that you guys have come up with this. So, you know, how, how did the business come about? You know, what, you know, what were some, you know, did you see an opportunity? Cause you said, you know, crowdsourced and all that, you know, what kind of, you know, launched all of this? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the crisis with people and mortgages and potentially losing their homes and all that is mm-hmm. a big component of it. But where did this idea kind of come from? So I got to the U S in 2010, I'd worked for, uh, for the Pepsi Cola company all around the world, basically for the preceding 18 years, I got here in 2010 and you might remember the real estate market was really on its knees at that time. And I was down in Florida at a meeting and I saw a three bedroom, two bathroom home for $80,000. Now I'm Irish. So back in Ireland, a three bedroom, two bathroom home would be $300,000 just nature of the market is different. I just couldn't believe it. And then I saw the, that this house would rent for 1500 bucks. It was just, uh, I'm sure I was missing something. So I bought one and it worked out fine. And I bought another and I ended up buying almost 70 houses in total 
uh, and a multifamily with 16 uh, apartments in it. Um, and I was buying a short sale from a well-known bank and that short sale became a mortgage note sale. And I just couldn't believe that you can buy a mortgage as an individual person because only in America, you know, do we have the sophisticated finances that you can do that. Back in Europe, only a bank can have a mortgage. That's it. It's just no way. So uh, I just couldn't believe it and started researching it. And one purchase of one loan became 10, became 50, became 100, became 1,000, became 2,500. We run about $250 million of, uh, of principal over about two and a half thousand um, uh, individual homes. And we started, I started doing it in 2013 and we've made about 16% a year. And with this crowdfund, we, we basically shared that with the investor. They get eight and we get eight and we use our eight to pay the staff and everything else. And the investor gets, gets their eight. And I should just say, if people are interested, they must go to the SEC website and read the prospectus. It's all also on our website, automationfinance.com, um, because 8%, it's not a guaranteed federally insured savings certificate. This is a business where we're buying mortgages for 60 cents on the dollar and working with the borrower to, to, to work it out. So it's not, it's not like a, a certificate of deposit. It's like any investment, you know, in the stock market, for example, there's no guarantee that if you buy PepsiCo stock that you're going to, you know, you buy it today and you want to sell it in a month that you're going to make a profit. Who knows? I mean, there's all kinds of different factors in that and it's not guaranteed. Um, There's an element of risk, but on on the flip side of it, um, again, you know, I look at it where, and this goes back to, again, on how lean you know, this entity is yeah. 8% you're able to cover your staffing costs. That's, right. you know, my original career was public accounting and I know the cost wow. of staffing as far sure. as running an organization. And it tends to be anywhere from 50 to 60% of your operations is staffing, depending on what type of organization you have. So the fact that you're right. able to do this with well, that's small percentage and, and obviously split the, the other 8% with investors is, uh, again, amazing, amazing idea. And you saw this opportunity and you went, wow, actually, this makes a ton of sense. Well, the crowd investors are getting a subsidy in effect, because even if we didn't have the crowd fund, I mean, we're all already running tens of millions of dollars outside of the crowd fund. So the six, we've got two CPAs, uh, two attorneys, you know, these they're not inexpensive team members to have uh, on your side. Um, and they do the accounting and they do the reporting and the SEC reporting and all of that stuff across the whole business. So it's not like it's just this fund. We have multiple other funds that we run. Yeah, but still, it's uh, amazing that you, that this type of, you know, exist you know like you said right. you know, coming from from Europe you're like what in the world is this you mean, oh we've nothing like this oh, I'm actually not. in, I'm, I'm actually in Ireland right now visiting my parents and there's nothing like when I talk to people over here they scratch their head because in Europe we've yeah. got negative interest rates so uh, a buddy of mine completed the sale of his bakery business a couple of months ago and he had to pay the bank ten thousand dollars to accept the purchase sum from the buyer of his business. So, wow. yeah, getting getting any kind of return on your money right now, where it's backed by real estate, uh, there's not too many opportunities. And up until the the Jobs Act of 2014, which is not that long ago, 
crowdfunding didn't exist in the US either. This is a pretty, pretty new and, and innovative thing from the SEC to allow us to do what we're doing. That's an amazing opportunity. So if someone would be interested in wanting to you know, participate in this, you know, what, you know, what are some of the parameters? Obviously with crowdsourcing, you can contribute, but is there a minimum amount? Because I know some people have never done anything before like this. So is there a yeah. minimum amount? You know, what, you know, what's expected? You know, what kind of information do they need to provide and all that? When we started this, I had no clue who would the investor be because prior to this, all our money came from Wall Street, very sophisticated investors. And the nature of buying mortgages, you're deploying millions or tens of millions of dollars in one single transaction. That's just the nature of, of this type of a business. So we said, how can we make this for people just like us? We're just ordinary people <clears throat> helping ordinary people. So the minimum is $250. And we don't get too many people putting in $250, but we do have some. We also have one person who's put in a million dollars, and I've only spoken to them on the phone. We've never met. It's amazing. Lots of people in the ten to $50,000. That's kind of the where, where people tend to be doing it uh, with IRAs or, you know, other retirement type uh, uh, vehicles. Um, and it's pretty easy. You go to the website, automationfinance.com, read the prospectus, and click on the button and you've then got to upload some documents to make sure that you are who you say you are. And, you know, we need to do the KYC, know your client and anti-money laundering and all of those uh, rules. And once you've done that, you can just uh, um, send the money in by ACH, by wire, by check. And we send you a statement and a check every month. Or if you want to reinvest the dividends, just which is what I recommend people do, by the way, because then you're getting interest on the interest. And that really over 30 years, that's a really large sum of money. So yeah, but yeah all the info's on the website. I'm on LinkedIn. I do a video every month that updates what's going on in the mortgage world, in the real estate world. And uh, I get about 20 to 25,000 views of that. Um, and so that's, people find that interesting too, even if they're not involved in our fund. That's amazing. And yeah, I think it, it, so people, let's say they put in, we'll say $500 or $1,000, they can go back yeah. and add more to it as time goes yeah. on. And and I and thank you. And it's one of the big things, you know, for investors and anybody that's even thinking about investing like in stocks or things like that, reinvesting the dividends is such an important thing. You look yeah. at it like, wow, PepsiCo paid me whatever PepsiCo's dividend currently is. And, and you go, wow, okay, I'm going to withdraw that and go buy a new iPhone or do this or that, or depending right. how much you're invested in. It's like, take that money because that's, I look at it as like, that is free money. That is money that they just yeah. said, hey, you know what? We, we did really good last year. Here's our dividend of, you know, 7.9% of what you have. And all yeah. of a sudden you've got this new money that just was created from, the money you already put in, it's like, we'll take that and put it back in. And you just do that. And next thing you know, you, you know the power of compound interest and everything like that, it's just, it, it skyrockets. So that's, thank you for reminding people of that thing. So awesome. So uh, just again, you know, as we wrap up, you know, where can people find out more about you and, and you know, this opportunity? Uh, automationfinance.com. I'm very uh, active on LinkedIn. If people want to link in with me and put my numbers on there, call me if, we, if you want to discuss it. Um, and uh, we're open right now. We'll be keeping the fund open until the end of the year. And uh, we'll be buying as many mortgages as we can. Our target is to produce 8% per month and make distributions monthly. And uh, But remember, there's no guarantees. That's awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So 
Paul, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for this work because not only you know, are you creating opportunities for investors to make you know money in on their investments, but you're also giving homeowners an opportunity to stay in their home and refinance in a way that makes yeah. it easier for them so they don't lose their homes, which has such a negative ripple effect on everything else in society. So thank you and everybody involved with this endeavor. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Michael. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.